It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. Sorry about that. Hi, everyone. I am joined uh, with Andy Miller. Um, Nick, unfortunately, um, isn't with us at the moment, but he might join later. Uh, how are you doing, Andy? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Richard. I'm good. Richard, right. Okay, that's, uh, that's formal. Um, so... Uh, Andy, you um, are an avid listener of the podcast, but uh, can you tell the people um, who will be listening a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so obviously uh, I'm the chair of University Ice Hockey. Uh, I've been chair for about the last 10 years or so, uh, and previously I've been involved in committee as a secretary, which at the time was combined with the role as fixture secretary. Um, and then prior to that, I was obviously at university myself, playing University Ice Hockey in Newcastle. Uh, for Newcastle University and really enjoyed my time there and uh, from finishing at university I actually chose my path in sport based on uh, the enjoyment that I had at university uh, and the idea of the career that I chose as working in sport um, was to essentially give back to students in the same way that um, that I benefited. Cool, cool and uh, you, you're the president now, how, how do you think the BIH is growing in the time, and what what are you most proud of as your tenure as president? Um, so it, it's grown massively. So when I was a student, uh, I think I started playing the year after the first nationals. So it's fair to say that was quite some time ago. Uh, only five teams really existed back then, um, and obviously over kind of that probably three to five years that I was involved up in Newcastle. Um, as a player and as a as a club captain and things like that, the sport work at university level from kind of those five teams up maybe ten, um, and then obviously over the last ten or fifteen years or so, um, we've grown from those ten teams to over twenty clubs and and over fifty teams now. So it's been massive in terms of the growth that we've seen, uh, the change that we've seen. And the big thing for us over that period, really, has been developing, I suppose in many ways, the support systems that allow us to run. Um, So we've had a really good group of core volunteers over the last 10 years, certainly, um, with with Joe and with Dave. um, And without the systems that they've developed over that time, we won't be able to run what we do now. Yeah, and... um... There's obviously a lot of core stuff that goes into uh, to running an association um, like the BIHA. Um, do you think that the, the sort of added frills that we have with uh, the live stream and the, the, the really nice website that we have, which is nicer than some professional ice hockey websites, do you think that that's as important or has its place certainly in, in building something successful like the BIHA? I think for us it's a big part of what we do. Um, there's obviously quite a high expectation with students um, who have grown up now with the use of technology in their everyday lives and having a strong web presence and online tools that work for people and things like that are massively important. Um, the other side to it for us is that we've also quite proudly in many respects being a bit of a trailblazer in the sport so we were the first association in the country to deliver online game sheets we've been doing that for uh, the best part of 10 years now Um, we were the first association to offer live streaming services and we've taken that to another level really Um, and we've done all of those things um, with volunteers which is phenomenal and not only provides a lot of experience for us as individuals to develop within our voluntary roles, but also um, allows different people to give back to the sport in different ways as well. And we see now that teams are taking more of those things on. So you 
look at uh, so London, I think Cambridge uh, to a certain extent, Sheffield most definitely. Um, all all live stream elements of their uh, games uh, just on things like Facebook Live now. Um, and whilst that's become easier for clubs as kind of the consumer stuff has come along to market that allows them to do it. Uh, as an association, obviously, we've been doing live streaming for, give or take, probably about the last five years. Um, developed that massively, and that's now become a massive part of what we do with nationals. And Obviously, we're looking to continue that in, in how we might support other areas as well. And now, hopefully, we'll see some of those things happen over kind of the next four to six weeks as well. Cool. Cool. Now, uh, Nick has just signed in, so he might want to ask you a couple of questions, so I'll just add him to the call quickly. If he, if he answers. So, it's all right, Dave can edit this out. Nick, are you there? No. Hi, Nick. Um, you've joined us kind of mid-conversation. Andy is uh, having to furiously make pancakes and things for uh, his lovely wife, who's been very patient with him this evening. It's just rice at the moment, so the rice is still boiling. So up until the rice being ready, I'm comparatively safe because yeah. we can't eat until the rice is done. Nick, just to fill you in, Andy, Andy's been talking a bit about himself, which of course is his favourite subject. Um, is there anything you you want to know about Andy that um, perhaps you know you, you're not sure about? Oh, where to begin? Yeah, so um, there's one thing, and Nick, I don't know if you agree with me. I, I've always wanted to know this because I'm sort sort of late to the party in the committee. But how did you get the nickname Grand Overlord? I don't honestly know. I I think this sounds like it's been Rob made up. It might possibly be. I think I'm I'm very strong-willed. I'm very forthright in how I like things to work, and whilst. We're all volunteers. I think I can be quite dominating in getting things done in my way. Therefore, none of this sounds like you, Andy. None of it. Okay. Well, I think that's probably where Overlord comes from. Grand Overlord. Next step, I suppose. <laughs> what, what is the next step after that? Uh, who, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Supreme <laughs> Emperor, Supreme Leader. Uh, quite possibly. You never know. Uh, <laughs> um. So. Um. Andy, Nick and I are obviously uh, now both running clubs. I've managed to top myself back into it again. Um, how are things looking in terms of uh, the entries for Nationals this year? Uh, so it's been a bit of a challenge for us. Obviously, Nationals has grown year on year. Um, we've had five tournaments now for, I'm going to say, the last six years, give or take. Um, but I'd have to check our records on that. Um, and it's been relatively stable. We've seen the checking competition side in tiers one and two stay relatively static, and that comes to be the case in many respects. Uh, but the non-checking side just continues to grow and go from strength to strength. And unsurprisingly, we've seen that again this year. Um, so that's been a bit of a challenge for us uh, to manage as a plan. Um, and we're having to look to move some of the... Uh, other events that we normally do on a national weekend in terms of cup finals and things around to essentially try and accommodate the additional teams that have entered. But we've got a plan. Um, We're just waiting for final confirmation as clubs pay for their entries and then uh, we'll release the the placings and the schedules uh, hopefully by very, very early in March. Um, A a lot of people kind of wonder how long nationals is to organise and... Probably, when I first started doing this, it probably took a couple of weeks, to be perfectly honest, but it's it's to a point now where um, probably a, a couple of evenings work and maybe uh, kind of prepping in early March and then maybe one night a week prior to each tournament, from my perspective. Um, obviously, uh, Joe in particular does a lot of support on the side as well, particularly in relation to nationals, uh, and I'm sure he puts quite a lot more time in. But, but for me, um, I've been doing it so long now, it's, it, it's comparatively simple. Um, and uh, just, uh, Nick, I'm, I'm not sure how much you maybe think about this, but I suppose last year at Nationals was when this podcast idea really came to light. 
in the scale of uh, of one to Hiroshima, how much did you and Joe want to blow up at Nick and I for just basically uh, speaking on the pod for an extra hour or speaking on the live stream for an extra hour? Um, it wasn't massively inconvenient. We managed to get most things packed up whilst you guys were just chatting. Um, but it, it most certainly got to a point after spending over 100 hours in Ice Sheffield over three weekends that we just thought we, we really want to go home now and see our, our respective... Uh, well, yeah. my wife and Joseph Beyonce at the time. Yeah, the question is, Rambo, how are we going to get away with it weekends in a row this time? Because well, I definitely think we'll be being rumbled. Yeah. Well, I think you've now got the technology yourselves, so you don't need us to leave the setup going. You can just get your laptop out and uh, crack up. Yeah, so we, we're sharing a room at Nationals then, Nick, I think is what Andy's trying to say. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that sounds, <laughs> sounds all right. <laughs> oh, um, so uh, anyway, Andy, bef- I think I, I think you perhaps needing to get going. Is that is that the case? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pancake day that we're recording, and uh, and it's time for me to make some pancakes. Okay, well, Andy, you know that you know what's coming. Um, Nick, you you've maybe heard me ask this question, but uh, you you're on the services when your long road trips. <laughs> I just seen Rachel give me a look in the background, like, don't ask my husband any bad questions. Um, is it, do you want Costa or Starbucks? Uh, I would go Cafe Nero because they do better muffins. Oh, but you don't get them at service stations. Because you're not. Oh no! But now he's got to choose between the two. I was going to ask a better question. Bro. All right. Okay. Put him right on the spot. Rachel, can you comment? What? What's the what's the favourite Mrs. Ivel's bake good in the Miller household? Uh, what is your favourite Nick's mum's tasty treats? Uh, caramel shortbread. So Rachel's caramel shortbread. I'm going to go for uh, the little cookie cakes that she makes. Yeah, just before just before we split, we we need we need the the details of this. Rachel, is it the white chocolate or the or the milk? I don't think they've ever quite made it home before. Yeah, Rambo, Rambo ate all the evidence. Like. <laughs> and a banoffee pie. <laughs> right, Andy, I, am, I don't want you to overboil your rice and have it be all gooey. So uh, we thank you for your time. We might, we'll might get you on the uh, pre-Nationals pod, um, which I'm hoping we'll be able to record on the Friday before Nationals, but we'll see. Um, so uh, have you got anyone you want to give a shout out to before you go? Uh, I, I suppose I'll do a shout out to all the uh, club presidents. Uh, obviously, without them, we wouldn't be here, and uh, and their work through the season is what makes us run. At the end of the day, uh, and obviously, thank you to you guys for all the work that you guys do as well. Um, even though you might only have eight to ninety listeners, I think you said the other day. Um, I'm, I'm sure you'll hit the two hundred mark at some point. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. We'll let you go. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Andy, uh, Nick. Sorry that we kind of had to start because he was getting champing at the bit to make his rice and his his uh, pancakes. Um, we had a very uh, lengthy uh, call earlier on that we both ended up in, engaged in. Anyway, uh, so Nick, how 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 have things been for you? We just had the the big the big weekend for Northumbria. Yeah, um, I, I I'm quite quite happily not seeing the inside of the NIC for another year. Um, it was a it was a long day. Put it that way. The good thing about the NIC though is it it's not that cold, right? Oh, true, but it's just a, a hostile hostile environment in terms of temperature. You go from the coldest place on earth to then suddenly you're trying to coach a game and you actually I could really you know like take my jacket off to be honest. It's quite mild. Yeah, so it's not it's not what you're used to certainly. Um, yeah. How did the how did the games go? Uh, the, I've had some feedback on the the Manchester game from. Uh, um, from Max Springer, who was who's doing the clock, and gave me a little bit of feedback on what sounded like a very competitive game. But how how did your 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 triple header with Nottingham go? Um. So yeah, it went pretty well. Three competitive games in terms of first game in the morning team versus their Nottingham D team. Three two win for us, which is uh is always good to come out on the side of a close game. It's a little bit more stressful, I'm sure you'll agree, as a coach when you. Have Keep paying attention to little itty bitty details that ekes out a one 0 win, but um, but no, happy for the 
guy, and it says a picture. And as I said to most of those guys, when they took the NIC, they didn't anything like it before. It's about basically a bunch of, uh, bunch of tourists, to some extent, for that game. They were just enjoying the ride of being at a pretty nice place and a pretty nice ice rink. So that was, pretty, uh, that was a nice experience for those guys. Always good to get a win. The, uh, the B team nearly managed to undo all the hard work from the, from the Friday night. Uh, went up quite comfortably, and they were 4-1 up at one point. And then, before you knew it, were uh, two goals behind. A massive swing in that game, which uh, did coincide with a BYK celebrity joining us. Uh, Ryan Rathbone jumped on the Nottingham bench for about uh, a period and a half, which did coincide with the dramatic turnaround. Thankfully, he had something else to do and left just in time for us to uh, turn it around in the end. Okay, and so- then, the, uh, then the A team, um, which by the end of a long day by that point, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty good to get the game out of the way. Like uh, I don't think I've ever played in a game before where I've potentially stood up for five hours beforehand having to concentrate doing something. So it was uh, it was good to get that done out of the way. And uh, again, points on the board away from home is always a, a good formula. So are you trying to are you trying to say my scheduling wasn't good enough and it should have been another way round? Um, no, no, actually it did work that bit. That, better way, that way round was probably better. You kind of lead up each game gets that little bit more... Uh, uh, hopefully the skill level got a little bit more, but it was, uh, it was better that way round than certain. From an organisational point of view, considering there's a hell of a lot more uh, C-teamers than there is A-teamers, the pressure got off a little bit more each time. So, Cool, cool. And that, well, that's that's good to hear some kind of in-depth analysis from the games. That I, I've, I've not actually spoken to you about this, and I know I'm speaking to you about this on pod now, and, and that's put you on the spot a little bit. But I did get some uh, pod feedback from somebody who binge listened to all the podcasts. Oh, wow. Um, and they uh, they said to they said to me that they think the pod's great. Um, you know, it's a good project that we're running. It's you know we're obviously committed to it and and chatting about it and all that sort of thing. They just thought it would be nice for us to to try and give a little bit more in depth analysis of games where we can, which is not always possible, obviously, because we've only got so much time in our hands. And but one other thing they did ask for Nick was for us to sort of. Uh, explain who we are in the grand scheme of things because we have a few inside sort of jokes maybe chats um, and maybe they were saying that maybe other people that don't know us quite so well would like to know us a bit better so I thought that was good feedback it wasn't negative it was it was very positive stuff so um, I think if you Nick if you want to maybe tell people you know your hockey background oh so uh I can remember from a very young age, I can remember um, used to go with my family and used to be taken to the Steelers-Panthers games at the arena. Um, I can remember, I think at the time, I think my uncle used to work for Vesta Sheffield Steel and we used to go and, uh, I think they had a box at the time and he used to steal it for the good, quite literally steal, pretty good, pretty good fun. Steal it for uh, steal it for the good games. I can remember going there as a kid and just obviously got captivated by hockey and it was, it was uh, an unbelievable sport. In which case, somehow hockey managed to pass me by for the next number of years until I think I was about 17 years old and uh, one of my friends started doing the Duke of Edinburgh scheme, something you might be my taking part in and obviously one of the new things that you have to do is you have to learn a new skill, in which case he started learning to ice skate. I went along with him at the end of my first two hour public skate at Ice Sheffield, went upstairs and bought a pair of ice skate and it kind of transcended from there. Probably was playing ice hockey recreationally within six to eight months from learning to skate, then went from there to university and uh, for some of you who might be aware, the unfortunate demise of the Northumbria Flames during my first year, and then the rising from the ashes of the Flames to the Kings, maybe, um, which has probably been the last six and a half years of my life, pretty much. Um, unfortunately, it's something I can't put down and can't leave alone, but um, hopefully, as long as the people out there are enjoying it, I don't mind committing my time and well, time and resources to this project. So, that's me. I've been player for the last seven odd years coach for the last six years president for the last six years as well so uh in various forms done b team at one point but obviously now as i get a little bit older and uh, a little bit wiser and a little bit more busy with actual life uh starting to try and pass some stuff across and and take my role down but uh, unfortunately i'm sure for most of you in the north you've come across the kings in the last couple of years uh, you will have come across me at some point oh yeah i mean i i think this goes without saying and and not to to pump our own egos too much, but I, I do think that you're uh, you're well known as one of the faces of the Northumbria Kings um, across across the BIHA. I, I think you probably would have to agree with that even yourself. So, um, 
Yeah, I, the other thing, Nick, is as well. I don't know if you can you can tell me much about this, but you you mentioned the flames there. They they what year was that that they changed changed to be in the Kings? Was that a rebranding because of the uni or? I think it was two thousand and eleven. <clears throat> I I started university in two thousand eleven twelve season, so that would have been the last year of the flames. Um, during halfway through that year, we had a presidential change because. Uh, not to go too much into too depth about the story, but there was uh, uh, a bit of controversy regarding finances of the club and how it had been run, and something came to light, which was serious enough for there to be a little bit of a, a revolt and an ousting of, uh, of a president. In which case, the, the two people who stepped up, we, I, I myself owe a lot to, and Colleen May, who was involved in setting up and did quite a lot of stuff with the Oxford women's team originally, and Richie Worrell, who also stepped in and helped. Um, pretty much they saved the club and made uh, what, what some might say is a wise choice to decide to hand it over to me. In which case, at the start of that summer, when uh, at the end of first year, I didn't have anything much to do other than concentrate on this. One of the things that came up, up unfortunately, was there'd been a lot of uh, bridges burnt by the uh, by the flames. God, there's so many puns in this. <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of bridges burnt by the flames, which unfortunately, uh, one of the things that came out of it was potentially a fresh start and, uh, and a new look at things was perhaps the way forward, in which case it's a lot easier to go and convince potential sponsors and, and university and the like and people like that that uh, that it's a real new project and you're into something when you're committing to completely and utterly changing and rebranding the whole club. So that was something that came out of it. it was, uh, I can remember at the time, actually, I don't, not many people know this story, I actually hated the concept of games. Like, I absolutely despised it for around about six months. It, I just thought there were so many better things out there. But in hindsight, it was what <laughs> In hindsight, it was better than some of the other choices, but um, but yeah, so that's just how that all came around in terms of, I'm sure many people know, and there's various different clubs that run out there in terms of, some people are lucky enough to have full support of universities, but might give up more power and organisation, which is not a bad trade-off, or you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which unfortunately we are at, which is we're, we're not affiliated with the university in any way, we're not supported by them in, in any great depth either, um, but that you can basically just run a standalone club, not supported, if you're willing to put in the effort to build a support system yourself. And obviously, there's various different levels in between that, but so that's where uh, it's kind of where the Kings have come from and where we are now, in fact. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, um, in terms of the, the BIHE, um, as well as running this podcast, which we kind of just decided to do ourselves and got the blessing of the committee. <laughs> Um, what what is your current role with the BIHA? That's something I think people more uh, will be interested to to hear about how how you fit into the BIHA beyond this role and and perhaps as some people may know, we both commentate on the the live stream at nationals as well. Uh, so this September, I took up the role as uh, events manager, which means that I'm going to be responsible for running and organising and helping Andy, as we like we just talked about, about the, the national setup and how that all works. Um, so the organisation of the actual weekend, you guys have got to think about in terms of you guys who are part of clubs or run clubs, think about when you have a match day and the things that you have to think about behind the scenes, getting the ice sorted out, done properly, referees, uh getting the team to turn up, correct jerseys, all that kind of stuff, teeth, all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, someone's had to sit down beforehand and try and plan out these things and try and go through as problem-shoot and problem-solvers for many of these things. Now, over the past couple of years, that's been solely down to Andy, quite a lot of it, and uh, Andy has, well, we'll see, we'll see how it runs this year, but Andy has passed some of that over to myself. Um, also, under that scope, there'll be there's quite a lot of new things coming up, which I'm not allowed to potentially talk about yet. So, secret secrets, guys. But uh, but also, you've got to look at things such as the the trips to Viramaki, which are now uh, I'm a Viramaki veteran. I've been there more times than I've uh, had hot dinners. But uh, you've got to add that to the list in terms of I'm going to be responsible for doing some of the stuff there. And as I said before, a lot of stuff that you guys won't be privy to yet, but you'll find out very soon. Cool, cool. Um, of course, you mentioned Andy there. Uh, one, one simply would be remiss if we we forgot about the input of of, of Joe in uh, in particular, as well as as well as Dave and and Simon and and all the rest of the committee. Rob, uh, as well, um, who are often yeah. often involved. So one but... thing I think 
people don't people seem to forget or people see the BYJ as an organization they don't they don't see the faces and the hard work that goes in behind it and, and one thing that I would say Rambo I've been doing for a number of years and have known all those people you just listed for, for longer than I care to remember to some of them but it's a team isn't it it's it we're only as strong as the as the weakest person if someone's not pulling their weight we all pitch in and we all help each other out and it's a it's a little little hockey family away from uh, away from our other hockey families yeah now um just to uh, mention the to give a little bit more detail about the live stream as well um we'll obviously we, we assume we'll be allowed to commentate on it again and we'll, we'll be asked to do that um well, he seems to be. He seems to be calling you the lead commentator and me the voice of the BIHA. So I'm pretty sure he's allowing us to do it. But for for people who don't know, we talk about this live stream every year. We have nationals um, in April time. This year it's the seventh and eighth, fourteenth and fifteenth, and twenty first and twenty second. Um, and what we do is, and this is this is really the brainchild of of Joe primarily, as far as as far as I'm aware. And certainly, if anything goes wrong with it, Joe is like a wizard and fixes everything. Um, but we have uh, a stream of all the games and all the action um, over the weekend from each division, each tier, playoff finals, you name it. And a group, people come up and, I mean, doing the camera can be fairly tedious, but people come up and do that for long, long periods to bring it all to people at home so families and things can watch the games and players can watch their own games back so do tune into that we will be talking more about that as, as time progresses essentially um yeah we will be doing guys and, and to be honest it's we we get as much out of from doing that just from people interacting your weekends tweeting in comments on the youtube streams it's something that over the last couple of years has really developed and it's kind of become our little, as much as all the technology is behind it, unfortunately, it, well, fortunately it's become kind of our little piece of nationals and our little uh, our little baby to some extent that we do the commentary and obviously I know we had the support Cali last year which was really nice and I'm sure at some point this year we'll have a couple of different guests on to help us along but um, but yeah, at the end of the day guys, we, we do this for because at the end we, we love the sport and we love the BYJ but it's it's for you guys, so you guys tell us what you want to see on that kind of stuff and what you want us to talk about, and and we will do it. I think last year one of the additions was uh, ad libbed halfway through. We we started an all star lineup, which gave Dave a bit of a headache to, to sort that out within space of five minutes as a graphic. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, we ended up pulling them all together on the last weekend, and we had to try and remember people that we had talked about in the first weekend and. Uh, for for the sake of the the graphic, but this year we'll be able to do it in a much more streamlined manner, and then I think we'll maybe get a section on the website where we can post that along with like the sort of nationals results. So that's something we'll we'll chat about. I'm sure over over time, Dave's probably facepalming, listening to this, thinking, "Goodness, they've created another job for me." It's already there. What you're looking for. It's already. Don't have to search anymore. Open your eyes. Uh, but um, I mean, I think in terms of in terms of our, our podcast as well, this is something that me and you decided to do after nationals, where we were chatting away um, for a good period of time. We had a lot of listeners still listening to us, despite the fact there was no hockey on. Our soft tones, dulled them into sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, well, that's Nick, so we'll try and focus on new committee members as, as time passes, I think, Nick. Do you think that would be a wise use of time uh, as well? I think that's a choice. That's, uh, we'll maybe get a little snippet from each person each week, and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll save your good self for, uh, for an appropriate time. Yeah, now, uh, uh, as I say, I, I will be, I mean, maybe the show will be another foot, and Nick will, Nick will interview me in a, a future podcast, um, but at the moment, I do want to uh, to listen back to one of my Steel Queens who's uh, given a bit of feedback on the team. Um, I'm about to say, is that, is that not time for Dave's little Steel Queens uh, little intro music? <laughs> Steel Queen update? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's perhaps what it is. And, and, yeah, um, so I was joined with Danny Lee Greener um, and she, uh, she had a, a bit of a chat with me um, just 
looking ahead um, and looking back and seeing how the team's progressed since then. So um, here she is now. Hi, so I'm uh, joined with uh, Danny Lee Greener, alternate captain of the Caledonia Steel Queens. Hello, Danny. Hi, how's it going? It's going well, thank you. And um, obviously you know me as your coach and as, as the alternate captain for the team. Um, but can you tell people about your hockey history? Right, so I've been skating for a few years, I'd say. It all started back in my, my hometown in South Africa when I was around 13. We would skate around on the ice, just at the local ice rink on, on the weekends. Um, and actually, I've been a part of a roller hockey team at the University of Edinburgh for the past two years. It's been great coming back to ice hockey again, getting those skills all mixed together. And uh, a fun fact is that I'm actually still using the same ice skates that I had when I was 13. Well, that's 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 handy and economical, I suppose, at the same time. Yes, it sure is. You have to be. I mean, in this kind of day and age, it's quite expensive. It certainly is. It certainly is. Now, um, you said that obviously you were playing for a uni team uh, at roller hockey. Um, what was your knowledge of the university ice hockey setup before, sort of, you joined the Steel Queens? Uh, my knowledge was that there was an Edinburgh University's team called the the Eagles. And I had seen them at a few of the sports fairs around campus and stuff. And I did inquire about joining, but there were some restrictions on, you know, having your own kids and experience level. So, I mean, I kind of couldn't join because I was a, a new person coming into that whole scene. Um, but they were very lovely and they did kind of, you know, had me in the right direction of the, of the roller hockey team. Um, but I wasn't aware of any women actually playing the sport. Okay, yeah. Well, there used to be... You may know, but there used to be a Beagles team, and unfortunately, due to restrictions, we had to we had to unfortunately cut the Beagles from the Eagles program, as it were. Um, but we now have the Steel Queens, and, and how are you finding um, skating with the Steel Queens? For the girls in general, it is amazing, actually. I mean, anybody that loves hockey, it's just great to be around people like that. The girls in the team, we actually went out this past weekend, and it was a great bonding experience, I'd say. So... Yeah, hopefully in the future trainings, it's going to just bring us all together and closer. But within the team, there are some really experienced players, which is really nice. And um, yeah, they're trying to actually, you know, they give us some hints and we can kind of take some technique away from them. And that's great. And the new players, they're just so so willing to learn. And that's just so great. Yeah, and what's the, what do you think is the biggest challenge for the Steel Queens at the moment? The biggest challenge, I would say at the moment, um, I'd say is actually working the different lines. Um, and probably changing since we we had our first game and I think we were a bit shaky on that but I mean it all comes with practice and the more we play it will just get better but um, we have a pretty I'd say we have a pretty strong defense you know no bias there but um, our forwards seem pretty good we just need to work on proper I would say techniques and methods getting the puck forward and uh, yeah keeping it there in that zone okay and we've got um, two games coming up this weekend um, are you looking forward to the different challenges of those? What are you looking forward to the most, I suppose, out of those two games? Next two games, I think, honestly, in my opinion, I'm really looking forward to wearing the gym for the first time. That is definitely going to be a shining my first game on Friday. Um, and that's definitely going to bring some unity for everyone. I think everybody's looking forward to that. Um, it's also just good to get in some ice time, clear, um, and just actually practice playing as a team. You know, in the real team situations, just give us that experience so that when it comes to nationals and stuff, we have that team bonding. We know how each other, like we know how to play with each other, where to pass, and working on some techniques like that will be great. Cool, cool. And um, you obviously said you had your first team bonding experience at the weekend. How, how did that go um, in terms of numbers? Was a good number of girls out? Definitely a good turnout. Um, unfortunately, not everybody could make it, but most of the team was there, and everybody had a great time. Um, we had some food, had some drinks, awesome time, and we're actually planning another one soon. So Essie will keep us informed on the details of that. Cool. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad we got Essie as a social social secretary. Um, she's always kind of uh, been the unofficial one at times uh, throughout my my hockey playing career. Anyway, uh, so. Um, you mentioned nationals there earlier on. What what are you looking forward to the most about nationals? Well, you see, as a fairly new player to ice hockey, um, I'm actually really looking forward to just the the atmosphere of all of the different girls playing hockey, all the different teams coming together. I've never experienced anything like that, so I'm 
really looking forward to that. I really enjoy meeting new people too. So just seeing everybody on the ice, getting some more ice experience, learning from other people, speaking to other people, and obviously spending more time with the team. Cool. Um, well, if we just... Uh... We've got a lot to get through in this pod, but if I just wrap you up there, um, thank you for joining us, Danny. Is there anyone you want to say hi to? Um, shout out to all the ice hockey girls and dudes, I guess, but the girls especially. Love you guys and stay awesome. Thanks, Danny. So, yeah, that was all good stuff from Danny. Um, it was a bit awkward, I suppose, for her because I'm her coach technically, so she probably was trying to watch her P's and Q's and not maybe be too. Hey, wants to get benched no, yeah yeah i don't want to bench anyone we've only got maybe two lines at times anyway but <laughs> um we're, we're growing we're, I, I, say, I registered three new three new players this week um so that's that's pretty good going um oh, it's exciting times for you guys two games this weekend yeah two games what <laughs> um the meet time for the game on friday is half seven at night the meet time for the game on Saturday is half seven in the morning, so they have a cool twelve hours between meet times <laughs> for the for the two well, games. When you when you say meet times, remember you got to play on the Saturday night as well, on the on the Friday night as well. So yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they go they go and play at quarter past nine face off on Friday um, against the Lowland Raiders, and then they've got uh, your your D team on uh, the Saturday in in the Bay of Dreams. So indeed, which. Uh... I do know that the, the topic of conversation on the bus uh, very early morning on the way back on Monday uh, morning from Nottingham did turn to. So, Nick, you've told me a lot about this uh, steel screen team. Tell me uh, tell me what, exactly what's happening now with uh, front and, front and centre for some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, I had that sort of chat from a lot of them about nationals and stuff as you personally try and get everyone organised with hotel rooms and stuff um, for the nationals. Uh, yeah, we'll have our new jerseys. We'll be playing in. Well, I didn't tell you this. We'll be playing in white on uh, on Saturday. We're going to. Yeah, we're going to we're going to go in at Chelsea and wear our our red ones at home and our white ones away. Thank you, Rambo. Like literally, I think there is only myself and yourself who believe in that logic. Well, <laughs> if the NHL do it, then I think we should should adopt what the NHL do. <laughs> so, yeah. However, to be honest, I didn't mention this. Uh, yeah, uh, so the plan was for the first game in Nottingham was to wear red, uh, no, to wear white. So then the second game was to wear red, and then back to white for the final game. All the jerseys are organised and numbered and everything. We get on the ice for the second game. Someone comes running around to the changing room as I'm, because they're obviously on for warm up. I'm just making my way around to the bench. We need to change jersey colours. Oh, why? There's not that much red, red and green. We've done it before. Oh, one of their guys is colour blind. It's like. <laughs> I see the problem. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. He, but, um, he, he maybe wouldn't have. No. <laughs> oh dear, that's it. That's it. That's it. That is awkward. That's why it's handy to have whites or blacks and other color because if people are color blind, uh, hmm. I would I would like to apologize if anyone did bump into me at that point because there was a rather a lot of expletives along the lines of I'm pretty sure this is not a condition he just developed. Why has no one informed of this beforehand? Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Did that delay proceedings for a good ten fifteen minutes? Yeah, fair enough. Um, no, strictly speaking, uh, my understanding of the rules, and that's maybe another section, is that the home team should change. There's a clash, but anyway, um, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so, Nick, uh, I think um, the the other person I spoke to, uh, and one thing we did sort of touch on briefly um, with. Uh, Max Springer was that there's now a bit of a not a not a rivalry too much, but there's there's a bit of competition certainly between yourselves and Manchester in both divisions. Would you... uh, I would say that. Yeah, yeah and uh, so that brings us on nicely to um, the conversation I had with uh, Max Springer. So I'm joined with Max Springer of the Manchester Metro Stars. Hello, Max. Give me my boat. And. Uh, you play with the Manchester Metro Stars, but you're out injured at the moment. What's your sort of background with them? So, um, I so I joined um, Manchester Metropolitan University in 2014, and that's when I first got into hockey. So one of my housemates got me into it, and I started going to watch Manchester Phoenix. And I eventually learnt, I, I, I sort of learned to skate, and I ended up joining with the Metros in my third year. And um, 
So I've joined, I've joined the beginners team, started training with them every week. And that's sort of how I got started with them. Okay, and uh, you say do you say one of your housemates was a was a hockey player as well, or were they just they just um, a hockey fan? Oh, yeah, he was he was just a fan, and because uh, I, I saw him, he was always wearing jerseys about, and it got me interested. And then eventually, I got to watching the NHL, and I found about all the local teams near me, so all the, all the Manchester teams, and I just kind of got hooked from there watching it. And I decided from then on, I, I did want to try and join in my second year, but I didn't get around to it. Okay, and so um, what team is it you currently play for for Manchester ordinarily? So ordinarily, I'd be on the B team, um, and I, I'd do this. I'd be on the. I'd be on like the top of the any C team friendlies that we play as well. So yeah, so if I'm playing in the league, oh the uh, league style cup competition, then I would be with the B team. Oh, you've been media trained for this interview, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, now, just to, just to, to clarify, we, we've got mentioned that we don't have any in-person reviews of any games, so you've been at a few games this season, most recently one on Friday night. Uh, how did that go? That yes. was Manchester B against Northumbria B, is that that right? Yes, that, that is right. Um, yeah, so I was there doing the clock, so I got a fairly good view of the game. Um, the main thing, the main thing, was so the final score was um it was ten four to Northumbria, and I think it was sort of it was a fairly competitive game. Um, our, our main our main issue was it was a it was a bad night for our goaltender, and he'd be the first one to admit that. And we we had a lot of chances to score, and we just we didn't take them as best as we usually would. And Northumbria were very clinical in the end. Um, but it it was it was a good game to watch. It was um good competitive game. It's just um. Sadly, we turned out on the wrong end of the result at the end of the night. Okay, good, good. And is there any other games that you've uh, witnessed this year that sort of stand out for any particular reasons? Um, I'd have to say, well, I've been to, every, I, so I do the clock for every single 18 game. The only ones, I missed two after I, so, so my injury was I broke my ankle, so I had to go back home. So I missed um, one of the 18 played Northumbria. Other than that, so I've been to all the home 18 games and I can't pick. A t- I can't really pick a game because we've just got so many exceptional players in that team this year. Matt, well, I mean, Matt will be the first one to say that we we definitely don't start games well, and our, our second period generally is pretty poor, particularly poor. But we all come out. Obviously, they're, obviously they they've got 100 percent record so far, and then you can understand why when you see some of the players there. Um, it's really exciting time for the club. Okay, and uh, exciting because you've also got rid of those ridiculous bullet hole jerseys as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, we have. Um, the New Jersey's definitely been a lot, a lot better received, and um, some, some might have been. I was a little bit sad to see the old ones over, but as soon as I saw the new ones in person, like I, I was very happy with them, and so was everyone else on the team. Okay, and you've obviously you played for a, quite a while for Manchester, and you'll be, I've been around when they used to play their home games in D side. What's the new setup like compared to D side? It's so much fun. So the different, the main difference with Ultra and B side, obviously, other than we don't have to drive for all that distance. It's North Wales. It's nice to actually have a place based just outside Manchester City Centre. Um, it's a small, it's a smaller pad, which I personally prefer. And it's just, it's generally it's just a more convenient setup for the team, and it's nice to be able to play where you train as well. That's that, that's been the main thing for me. Obviously, but I, well, I played, so I played one game season at, at Ultra. And it was—it's just such a better setup, and it's nice for me because I get—that's where I watch the Manchester Storm, so it's good to play in my home team's rink. Okay, and uh, just another thing that's obviously just recently been announced—the um, uh, War of Roses varsity match. Uh, how did that come about? Can you spill any insight into that? I mean, I'm not too—I'm not too sure. I mean, I know there's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes. I know that um, our president and. Obviously, and vice president, they've been. So we've been. It's sort of been talked about from the beginning, of, and uh, we've just been waiting to confirm things with with Leeds and with the rink, and we're glad to get it announced. And uh, it's really exciting time. Like I said, this season's such a such an exciting time for the club, and to have this to have this to conclude the regular season is just incredible. Okay, cool, cool. And uh, you um you mentioned obviously you you broke your ankle. Is that right? Yeah, so I had a, I had a double ankle break in training. Oh dear, right, okay. And uh, when? What's your sort of expected return date? Is it this season, next season? No. Um. Well, the most realistic um return date is going to be nationals. 
Um, I just got off my crutches literally two or three days ago, so I'm walking about without crutches now. So it's been, and it's been about, I've been, it happened about two and a half months ago now that I broke it. So like, I'm, I'm on a very good road to recovery. We've got, I know our C team's got a friendly planned on the 15th of March, which is a potential, but obviously it just depends on my recovery and whatever my, I've got to do what my physio says. But yeah. definitely nationals, I'll be playing with, I'll be playing tier five with a C team or whichever tier we get assigned to. Yeah, I mean that's all still in the, still in the pipeline. I can't say any more than that. But uh, yeah, um, the, it could, you could be in a different division, but I'm not sure yet. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, how many nationals have you been to before before this year with uh, Manchester? Uh, just the one last year, which is particularly famous for me. Um, um, now, there's something about last year that I commented on, and I cannot remember what it was, so you're going to have to remind me. <laughs> um, so, I basically had a golden opportunity to score at Nationals. It was against Hull. Uh, my friend Karen, she, she passed the bucket to me. I had the perfect opportunity to shoot into an empty net, and I messed it up somehow. I I think, you know, I at the time would have been all over that in commentary, but to be honest, there was a lot. Um, a lot more perhaps embarrassing moments for some players that happened that probably oh, are in my yeah. memory slightly more. Um, for example, Joseph Bateman scoring a known goal. Uh, <laughs> the one that stands out for me was at, I think it was at tier two three when I can't remember what team it was, but someone skated on like they were running onto the ice and they had their skate guards on. That was the highlight for me of the whole national. I think that's right. I think that was tier two or three. That was the yeah. That was uh, on the live stream, and it was hilarious as well. And there was I don't know if you I don't know if you were a witness to the phantom goal at uh, nationals that London scored as well, where the puck went through the back of the net and came out in front, and oh, then the guy shot it in. I did, yeah, I did hear about that, and I've gone back and watched the clip, and I still I don't I don't understand how that was just given at all, but. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a very weird one. I don't think the the officials could really be blamed because no one can expect that to happen. But oh yeah, no, <laughs> it, it would be typical of na- typical of nationals or something like that to happen. Yeah, I mean we get we we record for about seventy odd hours uh, of national footage. You can't you've got to expect some some weird and wonderful things to be caught on the live stream. So <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, so anyway, obviously I'm chatting about the live stream. Is is that something that you? Um, you quite like about the BHA? Do you, do you when you're not at nationals? Do you watch your your friends play and stuff as well? Oh yeah, so I kept track over the whole tier two free weekend, um, watching watch a lot of the metros games, and then I'd I'd, I'd watch live between as well. Like um, I think it's a very good setup they've got what well, you've got with it, and uh, obviously it's, it's like great to have guys like you, Nick and Callie doing the commentary, and that just adds to the entertainment factor, and definitely keeps that definitely kept me watching as well when it was when my team wasn't involved. And I know that my family were watching me on the stream as well. Yeah, I think that's I think that's one of my my favourite things is when we hear about family getting to see you know their sons or daughters playing hockey um, that they ordinarily wouldn't get the chance to see them playing uh, you know even folk in Canada and stuff tuning in to see their see their uh, their sons and daughters playing as well, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, I uh, highly doubt that any of my family would fancy coming to Whitley Bay at midnight on a Tuesday. To come and watch me. Probably not. No. Um, <laughs> mind you, we probably wouldn't fancy setting up the live stream there either. So it's fights and round about. Do they have the technology there? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure either. <laughs> um, <laughs> in in terms of in terms of uh, the podcast, you obviously got in touch with us to to come on. Uh, one of the one of the people that have done that so far. Um, have you been down with the podcast since day one, or just since McKinnon came on it? How did how did you find out about us? Um, I just saw it on the uh, BYHA Info Twitter page, and I'm I'm really into my podcast anyway, so it's, it's just like a good one to list for me. And I know I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a few guys on the team to watch it, and I've got two housemates who play for Metros as well, so I know I know they'll be listening into this one. Yeah, because I mean we've the, we've heard obviously ones from from Andrew in the sort of the Christmas special one, but it's good to get you know a player's perspective, I suppose, uh, on on their their team, um, and. Uh, Whilst you've been injured, have you have you been going along to training regularly, keeping in touch with the going to socials and stuff like that? Yeah, so well, I was so I was home for about a month, but since I've been back this semester, I've been along to any seats. I've been along to like RV slash C um, team sessions because um, I'm going to be helping out with coaching them because they've got a game on Friday against Nottingham's E team. So I'll be going along helping coach that, and then obviously I've been going to 
every I reckon going to every home game, and I even ventured up to Whitley Bay with the B team um, a couple of weeks ago, which was a very cold night. <laughs> and uh, how how are you finding the, the the division set up at the moment? It seems that there's a bit of a rivalry forming between yourselves and Northumbria across the two divisions that you play in. Oh yeah, definitely. It's been. It's, I think it's been better. It's nice, to, especially because we've been very competitive with them in both sides. Obviously, our A team beat their their A team, but then our B team lost to their B team. So it's kind of it's good to get a bit of back and forth there. And it's nice. It's especially nice. I mean, last year we weren't. I mean, I, I can only speak to playing on the B team, but obviously we finished second bottom, only beating Holt both times, and it's just nice to be competitive this year. I think I the game I played against Nottingham was quite competitive. I know a lot of the games I've been to have been. They've been fairly competitive. There hasn't exactly been many. There hasn't been um, that many whitewash results from what I've seen in Checker Two North and non checking One North. I mean, other than one or two, but none, none involving us from what what I've seen. Cool, cool. Um, so just uh, just before um, we we wrap things up, um, is there anyone out in the the land in podcast land you want to give a, a shout out to, whether it be on the Metro Stars or or anything like that? I especially want to give one to um, to, to um, Andrew McKinnon and uh, Alex Thompson, um, the president and vice president for Metros, because since since my injury happened, they they've been giving me so much support and like at, like Max been taking me along to training and taking me along to games and it's and generally just to the rest of the whole team for the, for the support they gave me and especially to so the accident that happened involving it was uh, basically when me and um, my mate Flynn were messing about in training. I know he's been like really good. Week. He feels feel bad about it. It was a freak accident, but he's given me a lot of support for it, which I'm very happy to have. Great. And, uh, yeah. Cool. Um, just uh, just before I sort of wrap this up, Max, um, if you do want to come up um, at Nationals and say hi uh, when you're there, um, I don't think we've 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 met uh, formally face to face. So if you want to come up to the uh, you know up up top where we, we the magic happens with the with the soundboard and everything. Then oh, yeah. uh, feel free to do that. It'd be good to good to catch up. I'll be very happy to. Yeah, I'll I'll, um, I'll, I'll definitely I'll definitely come and have a look whilst I'm not playing. Yeah, of course. Okay, cheers. Thanks very much, Max. Right, cheers, Robert. Cheers. So that was Max there. I hope he recovers from his injury soon, um, and he can lead out the uh, Manchester Metro Star C at Nationals. Um, I'm not sure if the are the C actually in the cup this year. I don't think they are, are they? Um, that's a, just one of a number of non-cup teams this year who've joined national, which just, as Andy said earlier, is just growing upon, year upon year upon year. So um, I think we're eventually going to need <laughs> to, to expand even further. Um, Maybe be an expansion or a cull, whichever one comes first. Yeah, <laughs> whichever one seems more humane, um, I think will will be the case. Uh, I mean, just looking at divisions since the last time we chatted, Nick. I mean, I don't think there's a there's there's that much to go through really, uh, in terms of the divisions. Um, I think the, the the cream, if you will, is slowly rising to the top in most divisions, um, and it, it, other other teams that you know maybe not the best seasons are, are are starting to find themselves finishing perhaps where they should be as the as the season winds down. We're all with the exception of Division 2 South, which, of course, we await a massive amount of games still in that division because everyone's playing each other twice. Yeah, whose idea was that? It uh, was not mine. Um, that is all I'm going to say. It was not mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, how do... I mean, in te- terms of um, actual scheduling, it is a bit of a nightmare, but how do you, how do you think find... The idea that we maybe have more than one game, you know, we have maybe more than two games against opponents. Do you think that help it adds something extra to a division, or do you think it's it would be better if we better with a slightly bigger division, but playing each team twice? Um, I think there's many different permutations and many different pros and cons to both sides of it. Like we've been in situations before where you end up in a very competitive division, and your team. Like, at the end of the day, everyone wants to win, but you, you benefit more as a team from playing the tough games. And you would much rather play against those teams looking to improve and play competitive hockey than some of the, the lesser games, potentially. Or I'm pretty sure some of the other teams that are on the other side of it, playing games where they're getting pumped, potentially, would like to play more competitive. Yes. So, 
what I would say though this year is I, I've seen quite a few of the divisions where yes there is still some very very big differentials in some of the scores but if you do look at some of the divisions especially some of the larger ones like I would say as an example um, some of the games that have been coming out of uh, tier 2 non-checking that I've been involved in obviously I coach one of the teams in there there's some quite close tight games and it's, it's a good season in terms of it's not a done deal it's unpredictable right till the very end as who's going to come out on top yeah, um, I, I I would say that that's the case. I mean, I, I think with the the non-checking divisions for me, for the first time in a long time, are a little bit more, you know, the, there's less sort of really, really one-sided games than perhaps there was in the past. I know there is the odd one-sided game. I mean, there was a game that you guys, um, your team won 15-0 right at the top, uh, at the top of the division, but everything seems to be a lot closer than that beyond that. And um, and certainly it used to be the case that the, the non-checking divisions were where essentially there was one team just absolutely dominant and, and then another lot of teams sort of behind that. And, you know, this is where... There's an example of this. On, uh, on the Saturday this week, we played against Bradford at home, which we won the away game. You kind of go into the game thinking potentially we should be looking at getting a good result. We, uh, we, it was a 2-2 draw. I can't remember the last time I've been part of a draw in the BYJ or part of a game like that. Actually, there was many firsts in that game. That was the first game where I've ever, as a coach, pulled the goalie and we scored with the extra attacker. Like, when, when does that ever happen in the BYJ? When do we ever have hockey that's that close? In which case, I, as much as I wish we'd won and things like that, we learned so much more from that game. And as a coach, personally, I got so much more out of that game in terms of trying to improve myself by having a competitive actual game and I must say if anyone's out there from Bradford listening what an absolute stellar performance your guys put in you came with two lines you set out your shop and you, you honestly nearly very nearly came away with something very special yeah and uh, I mean that's it's good to hear. I see Bradford actually are making a bit of a tear at the moment um, they, they seem to have you know I know they lost um, against yourselves at the weekend but I mean that's I mean after having I think that Almost was it five games on the spin they lost, and then they've 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 now won three they won three back to back before they played you. Yeah, and then to get a draw there is still a pretty good result. Yeah, so I mean, excellent, uh, excellent stuff from from the non-checking right. I mean, save for not non-checking three south, which obviously this is where. Sometimes when teams move, we have to realign everything in Oxford Vikings. Putting, putting, putting it this way, if the BYT had a highlight show, the, the highlights for non-checking the free south would definitely be after the watch. Yeah, yeah, I think the, the the Oxford Vikings, I'm fairly certain, are just, yeah, they're just kind of running away with everything. Um, so, I think that that's as much as I really want to look at the divisions this week, unless you have any anything particular to add at the moment. Uh, so, um, just moving on slightly, um, we've got our game at the weekend, and I'm just looking. I'm talking about looking forward to future pods. I'd anticipate that perhaps we can uh, we'll do another pod um, shortly into the next week. Yes, uh, we can have a have a good chat early part of next week after di- dissect the game and perhaps provide. Well, people wanted to know a little bit more analysis about games, and I'm sure we can provide two ends of two different spectrums on that game and I'm sure we can come to some kind of consensus as to how it all panned out. Of course, of course. And um, yeah, I, I think I might use the opportunity while I'm down in Whitley Bay to maybe try and tee up, uh, tee up a bit of a chat with uh, perhaps Perry or someone like that as well Um, get a different Northumbria perspective on, on the pod as well. Um, yeah, I've been very beforehand in terms of uh, pre, pre-used, obviously, in this dictatorship that I run. He's obviously got a Keep to the script. That's pretty approved. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll look forward to, to I'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday, Nick, and um, and speaking to you further. Uh, and uh, obviously, I'll try and not fall asleep behind the wheel on the way down. <laughs> so that would help. Yeah. So um, you have a you have a, a good evening. I'm sorry everything was so delayed tonight, and That's fine. I will. Uh, I will good luck to your girls on the Friday night as well. Thank you very much. Hopefully they'll get some some momentum and we'll have a a cracking game on Saturday as well. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay, cheers, Nick. Cheers.